once again, we uh, visit the contextual theme of independent faith, the expository journey through the inspired text, giving us greater insight within the ministry of Christ and how we can have practical application to our faith this day. Living stewards of the messianic dispensation of time, the Christian age, the last days. Stefan Maia with you at itsouls.com, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com. Please consider subscribing to the channel, giving us a thumbs up, a comment, sharing the link far and wide. This is our uh, Sermon Sunday session. An interesting portion of scripture is written revealing the ignorance that can be caused when the people follow men instead of God. They are left divided and confused, not understanding the scriptures for themselves. In other words, independent faith, but rather through the false interpretations of the Pharisees. In other words, the bullies behind the pulpit, puffed with pride and control, the gatekeepers, the key holders, the leaders of the synagogues. And that is the sad state of the people. Christ taught about repentance, liberation from their religious oppressors, in other words, the Sanhedrin, liberation from sinful beliefs and practices. The same is true today in a many local assembly where these divisive wolves have taken preeminence over the weak and worldly. Christ wanted the people to know they no longer needed to be charmed and led by the tyranny of these pharisaical brutes. They are wise enough to follow God without the approval of these murderers and liars. The same for us today. The church divides between those of us who love Jesus and only need Jesus and those who are corrupt and seek to remain subordinate to the tyranny of these modern Pharisees behind the pulpit. And just as some could not or did not seek to make a decision they were devoured spiritually by the cunning craft of devils. So it is the same this hour. Some among us refuse to discern the truth because of loyalties more so to a, to a uh, psychological manipulator, cloaking himself in scholarly apparel, broadening his phylacteries, controlling your thoughts without you even being aware of it. Christ wanted to liberate his people from this mental slavery. For these overbearing and intimidating diatrophies had their subordinates isolated, scared to speak out, shackled to a prison they firmly deceived themselves believing righteous and scriptural. These types devoured widows and congregations for the purpose of their own pride and greed. Many local assembly have fallen. Pray, they felt the sorrow and devastation of these evil workers. And all of this is the result which comes from lack of personal and independent faith. The ability to think for yourself, knowing the Bible for oneself, not having to rely on the obesity of these snakes' slithering hunger for more control. The always dark appetite of these self-righteous hypocrites, whisperers, gossips, and greedy perverts. They portray themselves a certain way publicly, behind the pulpit, on Facebook, 
and they have their podcast and their pages and groups, and sadly many follow them. But if we have independent faith in Christ and seek to follow his word without any manipulative interpretation, because Satan can teach the Bible for his agenda better than you could have ever identified, we must learn to discern being poor of spirit, humble, will open our thoughts, scripturally speaking, to see the devils, point them out and avoid them, get rid of them. Three categories of people are revealed in today's portion of scripture, found in the Gospel of John chapter 7, verses 40 through 52. We will see, of course, the Sanhedrin. We will see the officers, the temple police, if you will, law enforcement. And we will see the people, in other words, more so the Jews, and their lack of understanding the Bible for themselves, making them pray to the wolves. Now, in relation to what has since taken witness, the account is written. Christ, in previous chapters, and in this here chapter itself, in previous verses, had been proclaiming his equality with the Father and that he was indeed God on earth, defending his deity with rightly handled scriptural precision. This production of love resulted in being the recipient of persecution, harsh persecution, hostilities. The Jews, the leadership, were seeking to murder him, to murder Jesus. The crowds would murmur, complain, whisper, faction, and be confused while the Sanhedrin sought to seize Jesus. And from the words of the Christ, speaking his coming sacrifice on the cross. Chapter 7, verse 40 of the Gospel of John, Some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, This certainly is the prophet. And in verse 41, others were saying, This is the Christ. And still others were saying, Surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Interesting, isn't it? Why would they think this way? Where did they, they get these ideas? What's, what's going on with their thoughts? What are they being influenced by? You see, they would be accustomed to rely on the teaching force of the religious leaders. And the religious leaders were corrupt, and they knew the law and could manipulate the law in such a way to keep the population controlled, their synagogues controlled, the people controlled. The less they know, the more they can be controlled. And so they had various thoughts of inaccuracy in regards to the Messiah. And there was indeed a three-point criterion to the Messiah within the minds of these people, right? And they would recognize certain things being openly revealed while they saw the 5,000 fed. And prior, when they, pre, prior to that, with, with even John the Baptist, well, who's John the Baptist? Is he the prophet? Is he the Messiah? Factions taking place 
They're relying on the teachings of the Pharisees, the religious leadership, who is corrupt. And so the people witnessing the account of Jesus, a man who could practice miraculous signs, a man who could speak with such courage, boldness, and authority, such accuracy to the text, a man who is not educated in the ways of the pharisaical academic uh, endeavor and agenda. No, this man knows the scriptures without having been educated. Well, that can't be right. Because the Pharisees and them, they know the law. And we go to them. They're smart. We're not. We need to sit down and listen to them. They're the ones who know the Bible. And that's what's taking place. So when they see Jesus, a man who can practice these miraculous occurrences and speak with such authority and accuracy, they're, they're trying to fit the puzzle with what they've been taught and things are missing. Things are not adding up. So they're coming to their conclusions and factions are being formed over these matters of confusion. They're not united with it. They've not been taught properly. If they've been taught properly, all of them would be recognizing who Jesus is. So some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words were saying, this certainly is the prophet, well, he fits certain qualification for this here description, so he must be the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Christ. Still others were saying, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? You see, they had a three-point criterion that they had been taught for so many years and were influenced by. And that is that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, that he could practice miraculous signs, and that he had divinic ancestry and lineage. Well, if they would just have paid attention to Jesus instead of their pharisaical overlords, their tyrannical oppressors who would twist and turn the text in order to manipulate upon them all sorts of ordinances and traditions, if they would have kept their minds pure to the Christ and what he was doing and saying, they would have recognized his account, which was born in Bethlehem. But in their minds, well, he can't be the Messiah. Is he not from Nazareth in Galilee? That doesn't fit the right qualification according to the interpretations of our teachers. We don't know anything. They know everything, so we must rely on them. A people without independent faith of the scripture can be easily manipulated and controlled. And we see that today in our local assemblies when these wolves in sheep's clothing take advantage and take control and preeminence. These are the people they devour. The worldly, the weak, the scripturally ignorant. And some are that way because they want to. Some are vulnerable casualties but a great many of them, they've been sitting in those pews for decades 
but have never spiritually grown independent. They've always been worldly. They've always been weak in their faith, and now they're devoured. So some of the people were confused on what's taking place here. Surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Is he not supposed to come from Bethlehem? Well, they would have known he was born there if they would have paid attention, now would they? The text further says, in regards to, again, the interpretation they were used to, accustomed to, had been taught, has not the scriptures said that, verse 42, that the Christ comes from the descendants of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? Isn't this how we've been taught? Now, there is no uh, explicit verse that says such. There are verses that can be taken out of context and twisted, slanted in such a way to have them believe that. And that's what they believed. But if they be paying attention, they know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and that he certainly does come from divinic ancestry. So guess what? Division occurred in the crowd because of him. And following Jesus, divisions take place. Some are going to continue to follow the Pharisee. Some are going to choose to follow Jesus Christ. What did your local assembly choose to do? Follow a Pharisee? Have you been devoured? Are you greater trusting the Pharisee than the words of the Bible that you can read for yourself? It has been a great blessing for us as the East Coast Church of Christ in New Brunswick, Canada, a small and loving group of Christians who have chosen to follow Jesus through the scriptures. These people have decisions to make. And so a division occurred in the crowd because of Jesus. Who's going to follow him and who's not? What's happening? Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. They've been wanting to seize him and murder him. They've been uh, slandering him, demonizing him, falsely accusing him, bearing false witness against him, calling him a deceiver, a blasphemer, a liar, a thief, the devil. I mean, if the religious leaders who are well-versed and uh, the law say that, then he must be what they say because they're smart and we're not. So if the bully behind the pulpit says that so-and-so is a thief, a deceiver, a blasphemer, a toxic person, an abuser, a this, a that, a murderer, a devil, then the bully behind the pulpit must be right because he's smart and he's charmed us with his scholarly ways. You've been devoured. You've been led astray by a very cunning wolf. These pharisaical types had that control over the people. And so some wanted to seize Jesus. They wanted him to get, yep, you know, the Pharisees are right. It's time to get rid of Jesus. So the officers in verse 45, very interesting information here. 
The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why did you not bring him? Verse 45 is very interesting. So the officers here are the temple police, if you will. These individuals were tasked for the force, uh, for, for, for the, uh, okay, they were tasked for enforcement of the law. The law was the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin had told these police officers of the temple, these officers, to go and seize Jesus for the purpose, of course, of getting rid of him, murdering him. And so these officers, these temple law enforcements, they would have been trained to understand certain things and to recognize and observe and uh, formulate within their minds whether one is a threat or not to their governing policies. Because again, this here is Jewish government. They have their politicians, they have their policies. And sadly, a great deal of corruption. And they were indeed in cooperation with the Roman government politics and policies. With a great many things, because, well... <laughs> We need to keep peace in Rome. We need to keep peace in Rome. Now, the Jews, of course, did not have the power of capital punishment. Therein came the whole ordeal of a corrupt case and giving Jesus unto the Romans, the godless, so as to be crucified, because the Romans had the power of capital punishment. But here, the officers, these temple police officers, right, enforcing the law, they come to the chief priest and Pharisees. And again, this is noteworthy. The chief priest and the Pharisees were in opposition within the governing body of the Sanhedrin. They were in opposition. They couldn't stand each other. They would always argue against one another. But now they have themselves a mutual villain. Ooh, Jesus is the bad guy. So we need to be friends to get rid of him. And that's what's going on, because the chief priest would mostly be of the Sanhedrin influence. Oh, they're getting along with the Pharisees now, and here comes the officers. And so the chief priests and the Pharisees ask the officers, why didn't you bring him? Where is he? Like you were supposed to go get him, which gives us, of course, insight into the fact that this was not going to be anything fair. They, want, they had to apprehend him, seize him, bring him, and we're going to find a way to murder him. They're murderers. They're liars. So the Pharisees then answered them, You have not also been led astray, have you? Well, why would they say that? Because in verse 46, the officers answered, Never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let, what? You are police officers, law enforcement, for our Jewish government. You had a task. You go seize him so we can move forward with the procedures, corrupt, mind you, to remove him from this earth. And you come here. You don't have him. And not only is that an offense in and of itself, that you do not have him, so you've not fulfilled the task in which you were commanded to fulfill, and now you further say that you've not, that this man has spoken 
in a way that you never heard? Never has a man spoken the way this man speaks? Well, that's offensive. What do you mean these men, these officers, have never heard the preaching of the Pharisees? I thought the preaching of the Pharisees were the most scholarly, learned, and lawful preaching ever heard. You mean something Jesus was saying had more depth and accuracy and truth to it? Could that be? Uh-oh. Are they not officers trained to recognize these things? And wouldn't it be credible on their part to say these things that would take notice? So surely the Pharisees would say, Oh, wow, yeah, please tell us about this because we must have missed it somehow. They, the Pharisees must have humbled themselves, started to recognize that maybe they're the problem. What do the Pharisees say? Well, they answered the officers and said, You've not also been led astray, have you? Well, now that's offensive. Pretty much telling the officers... Your intellectual capabilities must not be activated to the same measurement as ours. Let me put that in layman's term. You must be stupid. You must just be stupid peasants or something. What's the matter with you, dummies? You've not been... You've not been led astray by this charlatan, this deceiver, this blasphemous, lying, thieving devil, have you? Well, interesting. Verse 48, no one of the rulers of the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? <laughs> wow. If we haven't believed in him and we are the authority, we're the smart ones, you're not. You listen to us, you do as we say, because we know the Bible, you don't. If we haven't approved of this Jesus then he is not the Christ he so says he is. We get to choose and decide who we... We didn't... How could, you, how could you be persuaded by him? How could you be led astray by him? We didn't allow it. You're only allowed to listen to those we tell you you're allowed to listen to. And Jesus you're not allowed to listen to. Matter of fact, you had to get him, apprehend him, so that we can have him murdered. I mean, how arrogant, ignorant, prideful can you become? Oh, we see these same kinds in the church today. Oh, man. Oh, they don't belong to Jesus. They do not. But they're behind the pulpits, and sometimes they're among the elders. You be quiet. You sit down. I'm smart. You're stupid. You can only understand the Bible through me. These kinds, man, they will manipulate you psychologically with mind science, malicious words. Man, oh man. They'll have you believing that the people who have loved you for decades, who have ministered to you for decades, have given them of their time, money, patience, everything. They'll have you believing that the people who love you are your enemies. They're blasphemers. They're deceivers and liars and thieves. They're devils. These self-righteous hypocrites, 
the pharisaical type, the ego monsters. Man, they'll twist and turn everything. They'll have you believing that evil is good and good is evil. How dare these officers come back without Jesus? Pharisees did not give the okay for this man, did they? The Pharisees then answered them, You have not also been led astray, have you? No one of the rulers or Pharisees has believed in him, has he? Remember Jesus' siblings? You need to go to Jerusalem to the leaders there in order to find credibility to who you claim to be. These people did not have independent faith in the scriptures. Jesus, you didn't go to the right Bible school there, the right preaching school, so therefore you're not considered a knowledgeable individual among us. You're not credible if you've not gone to a certain Bible school in a certain... If you've not gone through this bully behind the pulpit to get his approval, his creditation, then Jesus, I, you're just not who you say you are. These people did not have independent faith to think for themselves. They were controlled subordinates of the religious leadership, and you see that today in the church. I've been faithfully following Jesus since... 2011, I've gone to many congregations. I've ministered and labored and loved local assemblies. I've seen this happen. We've been victims of these kind of people, these pharisaical types. They're very destructive. They'll have you filled with hate and bitterness. They'll have you separated from your siblings, from your parents, and they'll have you believing that's just and righteous in what the Bible teaches. They wanted these people to be withdrawn from Jesus, the source of love and truth. They had the people firmly convinced in their own deceit. I'm firmly convinced we're right and he's wrong. No humbleness at all. No willingness to look in the mirror and ask themselves, maybe Maybe we're missing something here. No one of the rulers of the, or Pharisees had believed in him, has he? How dare you, officers? But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. Oh, man. But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. Have you ever been condemned by a bully? Bullies condemn everyone. They make enemies of all their friends. They break up marriages. They break up families. They break up uh, local assemblies. They break up friendships. These people are the same ilk that Jesus had to deal with in his ministry. And these crowds, these people, they were subordinates. Most of them. Some were able to recognize the freedom Christ came to proclaiming, saying, you don't need, you don't need to follow these men anymore. You can follow Jesus. You, Jesus, God the Father. You don't need these gatekeepers, these key holders. You don't need them anymore. And what was the result of these pharisaical minds? 
while the crowd which does not know the law is accursed. They'll run you out of the temple. They'll push you out of the synagogue. You don't know the law. We're not smart enough as they are. They're educated lawyers. They're scholars. And we know there is no sin in having a scholarly mind. We have great, humble brethren who are scholarly, who have written and created and ministered in such a powerful way in the church and have been a spiritual benefit to our lives. There's nothing inherently wrong with being well-educated in the scriptures to a scholarly mind. These were utilizing all these tools for their own selfish agenda. We've seen that. We've witnessed that. But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. You'll never know enough for these kinds. It doesn't matter. You'll never know enough for these kinds. They've always got an answer for the argument. They're always right. They know the law. You don't. You're damned because they said so. And these kinds are so blind to the log sticking out of their forehead. Self-righteous hypocrites. Well, Nicodemus appears, right? In verse 50, he who came to Jesus before, being one of them, said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? There was indeed wisdom and tradition among the Jewish minds in regards to fairness of trial and allowing a man to be heard. And Nicodemus utilized this tool to give Jesus a voice. Well, they answered him, of course. You're not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. Oh, man. We've heard that kind of stuff today all the time. You're not a scientist, are you? So you're not capable of defining two genders. You're not a scientist, are you? So you're not... Man, do we have to take four years of veterinarian school to know the difference between a dog and a cat? No. This, again, is the manipulative tactic of these oppressive individuals. You're not educated enough. You're not experienced enough. You don't know enough. You do as we tell you. Sit down. Be quiet. I'm smart. You're not. I've seen these bullies speak that way. You can't challenge them. They always have an answer. They're always right. They know the law. You don't. Divisive. Divisive, brethren. Purposely saying things that are outlandish, controversial, confrontational. Trying to have us believe that being that way is being like Jesus. Because that was Jesus. They'll have you believing that the Pharisees are the good guys. I know him. I heard him speak. I've been humbled. God's opened my eyes, and many of you as well. So they answered Nicodemus. How dare Nicodemus try to defend Jesus, right? How dare the crowd recognize something? Th these Pharisees are so stiff-necked and rebellious and hardened in their hearts with this bitter 
hostility towards Jesus. They're so blind. They can't see that the crowds, which are ignorant subordinates of their own power and control, their own crowds, their own officers, even some among themselves, must all be wrong and they be right. You would think at some point you'd be like, well, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the problem. It's good to have self-awareness in what indeed you contribute to the problem. I've had to do that. I've known my problems. I've spoken them publicly behind the pulpit and transparently online. I know my, I've known the things I've been guilty of. I am well aware. These kinds... They never see it. They're always right. They never do any wrong. You can't change their hearts. They're firmly convinced in their pharisaical, cold-hearted, beady eyes. Doesn't matter who tells them. Doesn't matter if it's the officers, the crowds, or their own kind telling them, hey, man, listen, I think maybe you're the problem. Everywhere as you go, you dismantle, you discourage, you divide. You deplete, and you try to call that growth? Now, it may work to individuals who don't know you, but those of us who know you, we know you now. You know, it's kind of like the uh, the relationship, the male, the female, the relationship, and this male is a very toxic, abusive individual who first began his uh, performance to captivate and charm the lady, right? But once she has been snared in his control, he proceeds to be very toxic and abusive and controlling towards her, filled with pride. And so he has to isolate her because he's been manipulating her, psychologically and mentally abusing her. So he has to isolate her, withdraw her, and tell everyone she's sick. Yeah, I'm helping her out, though. She's just sick. She's changed, hasn't she? She's changed a lot, yeah. Because everyone's asking, how is she? We've not been seeing her. Oh, she's okay. She's just sick. He's been manipulating her and she's falling for it. But then she wakes up to it. Once she's been abused, once all the damage has happened, that she's been removed from her family, removed from this, removed from that. Now she snaps out of it, out of this devastating moment. She's found lost and broken. And then she begins to heal. And then she begins to see this boy for who he really was. At the beginning, he seemed like such a tall, dark, and handsome bastion of relationship, you know? The man you marry. Now she sees him as a pathetic, slithering, insecure, insignificant, pharisaical, sad, unfortunate, Little man. He's just so sad. Well, you see, some were beginning to see the Pharisees for who they truly were. Some won't. These kinds can be online, and they give you their, their act, and you believe their act, and you support their act. But for those of us who have seen them revealed, oh, man. I posted something the other day in regards to keep praying for your sons and daughters who have fallen away from grace. Because while they live, there is hope for their repentance. 
I came back 20 years later. And that struck a, a chord with a great many brethren because many have suffered through that. Many have suffered through that. And here's something important I said. I said, don't lie to your kids. Don't lie to your sons and daughters who have withdrawn themselves from the congregation because they've seen the hypocrisy from these Pharisees. They've seen the self-righteous hate from these Pharisees. And if we try to cloak and hide that from them, they're not going to come back because they've seen it. We've witnessed it. Let's just point it out and call it for what it is. Yeah, there's bad individuals who have crept into the church, these Pharisaical types, but they're not, they're not going to heaven they don't belong to Jesus, and they don't represent the true, pure, and loving church that Christ built. You have to be honest with them, straight up. So even Nicodemus, the officers, some in the crowds, Jesus himself, his disciples, none of it was going to convince these Pharisees. Their hearts are hardened. They know the law. That's all there is to it. Friends, listen. They said, to, they said to Nicodemus, you are not also from Galilee, are you? Again, this is this whole, you're not smart enough to know this. You're not smart enough, we are. They would have paid attention. They would have known Jesus was born in Bethlehem, by the way. But anyways, they, they're not paying attention. They got a log sticking out of their foreheads. Jesus came to liberate them from this very sinful, self-righteous hypocrisy. They came... Jesus came to say, you don't need to follow the Pharisees anymore. You don't need to follow the, the Sanhedrin and these people anymore. You don't. You just need to follow Jesus. That's it. Friends, the message is very simple in conclusion here. We need to have independent faith to recognize that we just need to follow Jesus. We don't need to follow these bullies behind the pulpit. These Pharisees. <laughs> you see, the world's got it all upside down, right? They think a Pharisee is the one, you know... If you tell someone the truth, they'll be like, oh, you're a Pharisee. You're a legalist. They have absolutely no clue what a Pharisee is. No clue. A Pharisee is not one that's going to tell you the truth. A Pharisee is not one that's going to... No, the Pharisee is the very individuals that the Bible describes was taking place in the first century. And Jesus can set us free from these. We don't need to follow them. We don't need to follow men. The gospel don't come from man. We don't need to be part of a church man-built. We just need to be Christians, humble and faithful, following Jesus and no other. You're smart enough to understand the Bible. You are. We are. We can sit down and study this book together. Is there utility in one who can proclaim and teach what he has learned? Absolutely. But God don't need us to have his plan fulfilled. Here's the difference. Individual who is new to the scriptures, found remotely hidden in some kind of a location where there are no churches that belong to Jesus and there is no knowledge of the scriptures being proclaimed or taught. He opens the Bible, might take him two years, might take him five years, might take him 10 years to make it to understanding the truth. But if there is someone who has done that study prior and is capable of teaching and proclaiming, then that individual, instead of taking five years, 10 years to know the gospel, might only take him two years. One year, a few months. But what happens with these pharisaical types is they take this preeminence and power and control. They're not in it for souls. They're not in it for heaven. They're not in it because they love you. They'll say so, but they aren't. These prideful brutes will teach about humbleness. They ain't humble. These prideful brutes will teach about gossip and whispering. They're filled with gossip and whispers. 
That's how they manipulate you. That's how they control you. We don't need to follow them. Jesus will set us free from our sins. He will set us free from following these, these sinful individuals. He'll set us free if we believe in him. Are we willing to repent and change our lives for him? If so, we qualify to the new birth, and it all goes back to that new birth. That's what Jesus was talking about, this new birth, being born again out of water and the Spirit, belonging to Jesus and Jesus only. That's available till this day for everyone who seeks legal entry into the kingdom in which our the Christ is now crowned king. The church he said he would build, he built. It was built in the first century. On the day of Pentecost, it came with great outpouring power from the Holy Spirit upon the chosen vessels, the apostles who stood up among the people and proclaimed the death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension of the Christ. And all who warmly received that message, well, they obeyed the gospel. They were submerged, plunged, dipped, clothed and buried, baptizo, born again out of water and the Spirit, added by the power of God to the church His Son built. This was birthed from the mind of God from the very beginning. It was prophesied by the prophets of old. It was promised by the Christ, purchased by His blood, and it must be practiced by our faith. We cannot meritoriously earn anything. We have nothing to boast about. We are at the mercies of our Lord and Master. And if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And he's commanded us to obey his gospel. For therein is love, his grace. We don't need the Pharisees anymore. And there's enough of them that have crept into the church that we need to expose publicly by name and get out of Kick them out. For they cause more problems. We just need to follow Jesus. If you'd like to be with us over here on the East Coast, as the East Coast Church of Christ, we'll study with you these things and you can see it for yourself. It's a beautiful thing to know the truth. It sets us free. Thy word is truth. It'll set us free, man. I'm telling you. There's purpose in Christ. There's freedom there. There's love. There's unity. What a blessing it has been to be with the East Coast congregation. What a blessing it has been. I'll tell you. There is much wisdom and pain and devastation and trial and sorrow. And we've had enough of that. But it's amazing, noteworthy, to see also the wisdom that comes from peace and unity and family and love and the truth. That's available for all who are independently accountable, seeking independent faith with the intellectual capability. Not good? Stefan Maillet with you. AddedSouls.com is my website. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com is the church website. Stay focused and stay positive. And uh, Lord willing, we shall certainly speak again uh, tomorrow in another of our sessions. And you can check out the show notes to see our session. We go live from Monday to Friday. Again, please consider subscribing to the channel, giving us a thumbs up, a comment, sharing the link far and wide. Um... That's available and it helps us move forward. And if you are a faithful member of the church Jesus built and you understand the language I am speaking very well and you're encouraged by it, is it spiritually beneficial to you? Would you please consider, if you are willing and able, to partake in this work? 
you can partake in this work by signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. There are other options, also with my here physical address and also with the PayPal address and things like that, you can partake. You can support the Added Souls ministry through the Maya family as we work the mission of New Brunswick, Canada, the East Coast of Canada, with the East Coast Church of Christ. That good? We love you. We are thankful for our, your prayers and your love back. And uh, yeah, Lord willing, we'll speak again tomorrow. Peace out.